You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from OurSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, or not as always, as a special occasion, yeah. is the Godfather. Mike Frank is on the show. Uh, we have breaking news. Uh, we, I, You texted me uh, 45 minutes ago, more than that, an hour and a half ago, uh, that this was going to go down, and so can we go live? And I said, yeah, we can, we can, uh, we can go live if we need to, so... Uh, we're, we're here to discuss, uh, Jared Parker, uh, reported originally by Pete Thamel of, uh, of ESPN that he is going, Jared Parker is going to take the head coaching job at Troy university. And, uh, so he is going to, uh, be taking that position. Notre Dame is going to be in the market for a new offensive coordinator, uh, for the football team in 2024. So thank you everyone for tuning in. If this is your first time catching us, please hit the like button. Please subscribe to our channel. Please hit the notification bell so you know whatever it is, we are going live. And this is a specific situation for that. Um, when, when you want to go live and uh, and and you don't, we, this is not a scheduled thing. We don't usually go on Mondays. And so this is why you want to hit the notification bell. Notre Dame is looking to upgrade their offensive coordinator position. And if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe, then what you can do is you can head over to esqclothing.com for this holiday season. Uh, we're in the thick of it now, so you're going to want to head over to ESQ Clothing. There's no better gift for your husband, father, brother, son, nephew, who might be celebrating a, a new offensive coordinator. Uh, you've seen ESQ's bamboo dress shirt on all your favorite players and coaches. It's the world's most comfortable dress shirt made of sustainable bamboo fibers. The bamboo shirt is naturally odor resistant, wrinkle resistant, even machine washable. Also three degrees cooler than cotton. So you can sweat it out while you're waiting for news for an offensive coordinator for the Notre Dame football team. Get ahead of the holiday season. Use ISD 25 to get 25% off your online purchase at esqclothing.com or visit God in the Chicago showroom to get your custom fit. That's ISD 25 for 25% off. Mike? Uh, we have, um, I think we had all heard that, that Notre Dame might have been waiting for Jared Parker to get a, a, a position like this. This, this was something that they thought could happen. And, um, and so it has happened and now Notre Dame is going to move on. What is your initial reaction to this news? Um, and then you can maybe drop some insight on who to who Notre Dame is looking at uh, to be their offensive coordinator. Uh, first of all, I want to say, Greg, you know, first of all, great job with the show as always. Uh, sorry the Yama isn't here, but Yama's yeah. out traveling uh, with Christmas. Uh, Going to take the family back to the other side of Canada and everything. So yeah. this always happens when Yama's in the middle of something. So I called him. I'm like, dude, this is going to happen. And he's like, man, I'm at the airport. So uh, I felt bad for him because he loves this kind of stuff as much yeah. as we do. Uh, so, uh, you know, safe travels to the Yama. Uh, I'm sure he'll have some thoughts and comments as soon as he gets landed and, and all that type of thing. So, um, you know, I, I heard about the possibility of this. I'd actually heard a, uh, another possibility uh, before at a different team, and that never came to fruition. Uh, I'd heard about this last week, and, um, you know, it's you don't there's a reason you don't say anything about this stuff, Greg, right. because it can be very damaging. And, right. and just like the previous situation that I heard, had I said that, uh, then all of a sudden Notre Dame would be like, I don't know where this is coming from. He's not interviewing at other places. We don't know what you're talking about, that type of thing. Uh, and it can be difficult when it comes to signing day, which is two days away. Yeah. But when it becomes a situation or reality of what we're seeing here. And of course, Troy, you know, they want to announce a head coach because signing day is Wednesday. So uh, of course, Notre Dame, you know, uh, would love to, you know, see how this all unfolds before or after signing day, but Hey, you know, you just got to do what you got to do. And I think it's important to point out, and I mentioned this on the board too, Greg, mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of people who've been frustrated with the offense and, and what has happened, but I, I just hope people are, respectful about all of this and just realize, you know, Jared Parker is an offensive coordinator essentially for the first time, you know, at least a full, first full year of doing it. 
And, you know, I wasn't very good at my job when I first started. I'm sure, Greg, you probably weren't great at your jobs when you first started. Right. And it's a learning experience. And so uh, I just hope people understand that, um, you know, by all accounts, Jared Parker is a wonderful person. The coaching staff loved working with him. I think they believed in him. They liked him as a person and and as a coach. Uh, so, you know, just wish the guy well and and let's just move on and see what happens moving forward. So, uh, you know, I I did I don't want to see a lot of people you know going crazy about this and you know uh, saying a, a bunch of negative things because what what good is that going to do at this point? And I think it also goes to show you, Greg, there were a lot of fans that were you know saying after all these games. You know, why isn't Marcus Freeman, you know, just hammering his offensive coordinator? Why isn't he talking about how terrible this is? Well, if Marcus Freeman goes on camera and says, you know, our offensive coordinator is terrible, who's going to hire that guy? You know, right, so, right. You know, you have to be smart about things. And and I don't think that uh, Marcus Freeman felt like things were as bad as some of the fans do. And I think Marcus Freeman saw the opportunity to fix some things. And that's why he would be back if if none of this had happened. But, uh, you know, uh, this allows them an opportunity to make a move now. And uh, we'll see where this is all headed. I know there's going to be a lot of names. Uh, the Yaman and I discussed some names, and I'm sure he's putting together his list, and, and that'll be up soon. Uh, you know, I, I do think that uh, Mike Denbrock is a very good candidate for this situation, and, and, and for a lot of reasons, Greg. Uh, you know, the first being um, – you, you just worked with a, a running quarterback and look at the magic that he put together with a yeah, guy. Yeah. The football. And yeah, you know, not only that, he, he designed a lot of plays to run the football with that guy. So he knows how to deal with a guy like Leonard and, and, you know, design a game plan around him. So I think that that would be first and foremost Two, You don't have to worry about the tight ends. I mean, he's coached tight ends at an elite level for a long, long period of time. Three, he knows Notre Dame probably better than the vast majority of coaches at Notre Dame right now. He's been around it. He understands the situation. Uh, three, he's or four, he's you know an older guy. Uh, probably not going to get a lot of head coaching opportunities at this point because he is older. That may happen. It may not. But I also think that you know if I'm Mike Denbrock, you're not going to take Troy. You know, you're not going to take Miami of Ohio. If you're right. going to take a big job, it's going to be a big job, and it's not going to be you know, just some of these other things. So if he were to be the guy, you probably got a guy that's going to be around for a while. And really that's what Marcus Freeman needs more than anything. You know, it's nice having Al Golden around an experienced guy. And I felt like that's what he needed at offense as well. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen for whatever reason with the Andy Ludwig situation, but now Notre Dame has the opportunity to fix it. And so Let's step up to the plate. Uh, you know, whatever mistakes you made at the last point, let's let's fix it at this point. And and I just have a feeling Notre Dame's going to look at it that way. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of stuff. I mean, look at the defense coming back, Greg. There's a lot to like yeah. about this team yeah. here. And if you can get an experienced offensive coordinator in there and somebody who's worked with a running quarterback like Denbrock, I think it's a, a great situation if that were to happen. Now, um, I know a lot of people will say, well, he just agreed to uh, a contract extension, which he did, you know, based off of the reports at, at LSU. We know that Texas A&M came very hard after Mike Denbrock and tried to hire him from LSU. And uh, But agreeing to a deal and signing a deal is two different things. And I don't know if anybody's ever really dealt with this kind of thing, but um, – Contracts take a long time in this. You you have to deal with language and things like that. So I'm not sure that he'd even have a contract in hand to sign at this right. point. Yeah. Alone sign one. So that's the only reason that I think that they'd have a chance to to land him when it's all said and done. Um, you know, I know Mike going way back to his first stint under Tyrone, and I knew him really well then. Obviously, knew him through the Kelly years as well. Uh, he likes Notre Dame. I know that he likes Notre Dame. Whether he'll come or not, I have no idea. But I do know that he likes it. I know his wife and his son like it. And so uh, I think that they'll be – it wouldn't be such of a big move. You know, they got friends that are here on campus and things like that. Uh, again, I don't know where it's going to happen, but I do think it would make the most sense if you could make that happen. And yeah. uh, we'll go from there. What do you think about that? 
Well, so Chris Irway's got some questions in the chat here. Uh, Denbrock's new deal pays him more than most head coaches. Would Notre Dame pony up? Will the administration be willing? Listen, after what happened last year, they cannot. If 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 it if it comes out that Mike Denbrock is like the focus, it, it ha you have to get the finish line with that. Like they cannot do this again, right? It would just be. It would, first of all, it would fly in the face of like everything they've done with the portal this year and how they've supported the program and how they've supported Marcus Freeman in, in getting in undergrads, like non-grad transfers into the portal, like Riley Leonard, not a graduate, uh, Bo Collins, not a graduate, right? You're getting these guys into the program. Okay, so that's that's part of it. The other part is like they have to do it. The, 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 the optics of last year's search, that can't happen again. Just full stop. So, like, this one is a situation where Marcus can really, like, hey, I have my coach. This is who I want. I don't care who it costs. You go make it happen, right? And so that's that part of it. The other part is you look at Mike Denbrock, one of the best receiver, A, recruiting, B, developers of receivers that Notre Dame has had. Now, he wouldn't be coaching. It would be Mike Brown coaching wide receivers. But, like, he knows how to how to recruit that position as well. Tight ends, he was a tight end coach. I think the 2015 offense, you know, not just from, like, it was the most explosive offense Notre Dame has had in a really long time from a passing game standpoint, from a running game standpoint. Like, you can completely see how that would, something like his offense would benefit, um, like Jeremiah Love, for example, Jadarian Price, for example. Like, they, yeah. can, get, they can get these guys uh, going. Obviously, the field. Take advantage of someone like Will Fuller, right? That had had a great year under uh, when Mike Denbrock was calling plays for Notre Dame. And then if you look at just recruiting and and developing quarterbacks and putting an offense, he just had the Heisman Trophy winner as his quarterback, right? Like if you're CJ Carr and you look at that, you think that hey, I want to be a part of that. You're Deuce Knight. You look at that, and say I want to be a part of that. If right? I'm Deuce Knight, I'm loving that. I, <laughs> I'm loving yes, that. NCJ like yeah. Exactly. So, like, that is something that they would get very excited about, right? Um, and Riley Leonard as well. Like, Leonard has, has a very similar type skill set in terms of running the football as Jaden Daniels. So, I think if, if that's the focus, I think you go after him. You make it happen. As far as the contract and everything, it, that cannot matter this year. It simply cannot uh, after what happened last year. And and look, uh, go ahead. What were you, you going to well, say? I think the only thing that the, I think the only thing that that would be the the negative would be if he has actually signed it, right? Because the buyout could be it would be the most million bucks is. at this yeah, point. The you buyout know, would be know. the most. So it would be, it, it, and, and that would be the thing that would be the only concerning thing about it. Um, I agree with you one thousand percent, though. Look. It already cost you two million dollars by not being in a good bowl this year, right? Yeah, it's going to cost you two million every year. You need to make sure you get into that playoff, right? That's the most important thing, uh, Greg. And this is a guy that if he's competent, he's shown that you know he could do a lot of things at Cincinnati with a guy who wasn't necessarily a a developed quarterback at the time. Uh, then turned around and did the same thing at LSU, a guy that kind of came off the trash heap and Jaden Daniels and they resurrected his career. And, and uh, uh, granted they, they have some good receivers at LSU. We know that. And it makes it easier when you have that kind of stuff, but I don't think that they have the run game that, that Notre Dame has. And, and that will open some things up for, for Notre Dame. So um, you talk about experience and I just think that that's what Marcus Freeman needs more than anything at this point right now is experience and somebody who understands the situation. So uh, the only only thing that I could see throwing a wrench in it, if I'm Notre Dame, would be is if he signed the contract and he has to they have to buy out four years. I yeah. mean, that may make it extremely difficult. I don't think that that's the case. I don't know that for a fact. I you know I, I wasn't there for the negotiations. Right, I don't know exactly. what's been signed. Yeah, but I just know it's really quick to be able to have a contract in somebody's hand and be able to sign it at this point. And um, I'll tell you what, if I'm any if I'm any offense or any uh, agent. I, I don't ever tell my guys to sign anything until the season, the, the silly season is over because yeah. you just don't know. And uh, I'm sure that there are colleges and coaches and things like that that want it done. But if I'm an agent and I'm worth anything in salt, I don't tell them at all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I purposely nitpick things until the silly season is over 
you know, cause that's your job as a, as an agent, you know, you want to make sure that there's still options and things that are open. So, uh, I have a feeling it'll be, you know, that, that, um, it probably isn't signed. I, I don't know that, but you know, yeah. it, it very well may be a situation where it's not signed at this point, And that could open the door for Notre Dame with Mike Denbrock, which I think would be wonderful. What to mention again, everybody, if you haven't liked or, or, uh, you know, uh, like the, the the show and everything make sure you like and subscribe the show uh you know we'll be on there'll be a lot of stuff talking about you know moving forward with this and everything so um when, when you look at the situation greg and you, and you look at uh other people i mean is, is anybody come to mind that that you think would be a good fit at this point that that you'd say you know what if it isn't in brock maybe take a look at this guy yeah, Joe Marciano uh, brought up somebody uh, who I was going to mention is Kirby Moore from uh, Missouri. He, 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 they had a very good season. Uh, the type of offense that they run is, is somewhat similar to uh, what kind of what Colin Klein was doing. Not as much um, like in the running game in terms of just like different ways to get the quarterback uh, running the ball in different like run schemes in that in that sense. But like they ran the ball very effectively, right? They had one of the uh, the uh, the Thorpe or the Do excuse me, the Doak Walker um, finalists in, in there. Uh, Cody Schrader was their running back, so he had a very good season, kind of out of nowhere, right? So it didn't need to be a uh, it didn't need to be a a, a big time back or anything uh, like that. He, he would get the talent on hand. Uh, they had a very good season at Missouri, and I think he's someone who's who's young. He was at Fresno State before. He's a quarterback coach, so that would that would kind of um, you know necessitate something to going on with Gino there. Um, so he's someone that you would you would want to uh, you you would want to look at. I, I I always say, like, look, I, I know he just took the job at Michigan State. Brian Lindgren out with formerly of Oregon State, now he's Michigan State. Like I would call him. I, I would like because, like, honestly, I, I understand it's Michigan State and Jonathan Smith is your boy, but you can be at Notre Dame, the University of Notre Dame, and what that can do for you. And right? I bet he'd listen. Yeah, of course, and of his contract isn't going to be signed by now either. You know? Exactly. So that's yeah. another one where it's like I would look at him. Um, some people are mentioning uh, Jason Candle, uh, maybe right? Like, didn't he just uh, didn't he just take a job? Um, didn't he just take a job there somewhere? Jason I, I Candle. I, I hadn't heard. I hadn't heard. I feel like he had, but people are mentioning him. I mean, I to me, it, it makes more sense to go if you're going to go after Candle. You, you like you make sure like you brought up Mike Dembrock and did you I, I want to be clear for everybody you brought up Mike Dembrock for a reason right you're not just throwing that out there as yeah I mean like, I, I do I do I do think that he would be a legit candidate I know yeah. him personally I know how yeah. he feels about Notre Dame yeah uh I know that he never liked leaving Notre Dame uh I know that when Marcus you know took the job I'm, I'm sure he would have liked to have been considered but of course they had tom reese and and uh you know i'm sure he would have liked to have been considered the last time when it was andy yeah. ludwig but uh you know obviously he had just went down there to lsu and it's hard to grab somebody who just signed a contract at lsu and and that type of thing so um i i do think that he'd be a candidate i don't know for a fact that he's the number one guy or that you right. know that type of thing at this point but it just makes the most sense when you're looking at position and what they need. I mean, if you know, we know that he can coach tight ends and not only coach tight ends, but coach it at an elite, elite level. You know, he's been a great tight ends coach over the years, you know, all the way back to Fasano and, and, uh, you know, all those guys, you know, just all those guys in that era. He coached all those guys and became NFL players. So, um, you know, there, there, there's no doubt that this guy's a very good tight ends coach. And so, uh, because of the experience, because of the connection with, with uh, Marcus Freeman uh, because, you know, he fits kind of what they need right now and also position fits. They don't have to fire anybody to bring him aboard. I think that that's another positive to go with it. Uh, you know, and again, I, I know it seems strange. You don't necessarily want somebody who's old, but I think what, what, what Marcus Freeman needs more than anything right now is somebody who can stabilize this offense and build an offense around what you don't want to get is a, uh, you know, a guy who comes in for a year, year and a half and has a good season and is out the door. And, yeah. and, you know, you really need to, if you're going to get this right, you need to fix your offense 
to the point where it has an identity. You do things well and and you build things. And I think if you're constantly changing personnel and coaches, uh, it's it's really difficult to get that kind of continuity and build a brand as far as this is what we do. I mean, look at how long it took Michigan to kind of build what they were doing uh, under Harbaugh. You know, it took a long time to get to where they're at. And, you know, they had a lot of different coordinators, and now they finally have some stability there. And now Michigan is what Harbaugh has always wanted them to be. I think that Marcus Freeman needs to find somebody like that. And, uh, you know, Denbrock would check all those boxes for sure. So, And it's just the institutional knowledge as well, yeah. right? Like, because so the, the, the thing about Ludwig last year was that, hey, like the guy's been calling plays for such a long time, right? Yeah. He's been in OC for such a long time. You can just give him that side of the ball and and you're good, right? But he's never he never worked at Notre Dame, right? He's no. never been a part of it. Denbrock's been a part of Notre Dame like for a number of years, right? Like over a span, like you said, he was there with Tyron Willingham. He was there with Brian Kelly. Like he, he knows the university. And like that is a situation where I think Marcus Freeman would absolutely feel comfortable. And I think the fans as well, right? The yeah. fans, the university, I think university buy-in is very you know, important in this situation when it comes to evaluating Mike Denbrock. Like to me, if, if, if Mike Denbrock is interested, you do anything you can to make it happen because that fits as much as anything else. There might be other coordinators who, yeah. uh, who like Ryan Grubb, like someone mentioned Ryan Grubb. He's not going to be the offensive coordinator. He's not going to do that. Right. He didn't go to Alabama. He's not coming to our day. So, but the point is, is like, he might be better. Right. There might be better guys that you come up with. Like, you know what? I like his numbers. I like the way he runs offense. I like this, that, and the other thing. But it's kind of the same to me when you look at like Riley Leonard as a quarterback. Right. Riley Leonard fits what Notre Dame wants to be style wise and what they want to be like, just kind of from a just a, almost a temperament standpoint. Right. Now, maybe you like Cam Ward better. And maybe you like, uh, I don't know, Pratt better, even though he's not going into the portal. But you know what I'm saying? Like, but you need, I think Notre Dame needs fit as much as they need the talent. And well, I think and that's floor. what it is with Denbrock. I think floor too. You know, uh, with Mike yeah. Denbrock comes a huge high floor. And and yeah. you know you're going to get at least a competent person. You know that he's had success at this level. You know that he just had success at, at in the sec level you know he can go out there and now sell this to everybody hey look you know i'm not some flash in the pan dude i just went and yeah. torched the sec you know the greatest conference that there is and i just went out there and torched that and so he has that legit cred right now plus all knowing everything that that he knows about notre dame the experience and all that type of thing he knows how people are going to sell against him all those types of things so again i don't know What's going to happen with this? It just makes the most sense that because of the floor and all the things that we've said, uh, that makes the most sense if you could if you could pry that guy away. And and uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Joe Bro is asking about internal candidates. Um, I mean, I think Gino would certainly have to be someone who would be considered. Uh, he um, would have. He would definitely interview. Yeah, I mean, I would, would think so. Talk to him. I would yeah. think so. And and uh, you know, we'll see how that all plays out. I think that he was a a guy that obviously Marcus knows. Now he wasn't an offensive coordinator at Cincinnati when Marcus was there. It was it was Denbrock, mm -hmm. but obviously you know they they know each other and everything. So um, I, you know, I, I could see that that he would be a candidate. But I think if. <laughs> If you have the opportunity and you just walked into this situation, Greg, you go to Notre Dame and you say, look, it didn't work out last time. It has to work out this time. Give me what I need, pay what we need to pay, and let's just get it done. And I think Notre Dame was probably going to be agreeable to that because, you know, look, it already cost them millions of dollars not going to a good bowl this year. And if you don't make the, the playoff next year, it's going to be harder for Marcus Freeman to become, uh, you know, the type of co coach that they want. So it's really important. This is a huge, huge hire for Notre Dame, and you just got to hope that they make the right decisions and and uh, do what do what they're supposed to do with this. And I don't know, Greg. I'm I'm excited to see. You know, um, it almost seems like all these pieces are starting to fall into place. You know, uh, when you look at the uh, 
as you mentioned, uh, the portal, everybody was in panic mode. I get why everybody was in panic mode. Uh, you know, it certainly was kind of an ugly situation, but once the, the, the dust settles, you sit there and say, you know what, we came out in a better situation than we, than we were before. So, uh, and, and they're not done there yet. So let's just see what happens. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I think, I think it's, it's a chance for like a reset essentially for yeah. Marcus Freeman, because I think, I think the way that, um, it all kind of happened the first time when you didn't know he didn't know he was going to be the head coach right at the end of his first year. Right. Like yeah. no one knew he didn't really plan on like, all right, this is who I'm going to like, this is who I'm going to hire. And this is what I want to be. And this is the kind of staff that I want to build. Right. He's had two years now. He understands like what it takes to win. He understands what it takes to like not win really like, like the mistakes that he's made. And it's like, okay, this is what I need to focus on. This is what I would have done if I had more time to, kind of evaluate or this is what I would have done if I had known uh what I what, then what I know now right and now he can do that right he can he can make a decision now he went through the OC process last year like he can learn from that right like there's always things that he can learn from here and I think so this is a good opportunity for him to reset and I think that the the way that the roster kind of uh kind of uh, is shaping up it's like he he gets the opportunity to have that reset right like a lot of the defense is coming back like a lot of the like the key players are coming back it seems like xavier watts is going to come back you had howard cross you had riley mills you have you know ben morrison is still around right you had jack kaiser say he's coming back right like you have that defense you know they're going to do everything they can at this point it seems to 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 hang on to al golden defensively um, and so you, you have that and then you have the offense, which was, you know, you obviously you're losing Joel, you're losing Blake Fisher. Like that's a, that's a big deal, right? Like that's, that's a huge thing. Uh, but you get your quarterback in Riley Leonard, who is a talented player who started games. You're getting an influx of talent at wide receiver, which is important, right? Which they needed. You have those, those young guys that are ascending, right? The, the great houses, and the 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 phasons you have Jaden Thomas returning uh you have the talented tight ends you have some you have some guys at uh on the interior young guys on the offensive line you have your running backs right and now you get to kind of like reset with your offensive coordinator and i think that it just looks it, it just looks to me like he's almost doing this from a position of strength rather than a position of like weakness that i thought he kind of had especially in his first year and a little bit last year, right? Because he was caught off guard with Tommy Reese leaving when he did, right? So even that, he was caught off guard. I think for this one, I think for this one, they kind of knew, right? I mean, we had heard a lot through the year, like Freeman was not happy with the offense. Maybe it wasn't necessarily Parker, but he wasn't happy with the offense. Yeah. And, the, and then all of that kind of went away. And then there were rumblings like, well, some teams are interested in Jared Parker as an as as a head coach, you know, a you know school like Troy, right? And so uh, that's kind of what um, you know matriculated. I thought Marcus honestly, Marcus played this very well in terms yeah, of did. just like how to handle it. Never threw his coach under the bus. Like nor never, should you. Nor should, should you. But ever. never did it. He yep. played it out. He let the process play out, and here he is. He got his quarterback. He has his wide receivers. He has his running backs, and he he is ready to move forward. Masterful. I, I, I think I think Marcus really like. I think, you know, people are kind of caught up in like the decision, the decision to keep Parker, which wasn't really a decision at all. The way that he played this out, I think I think shows a lot of savvy, um, on his part. Um, yeah, there's there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I saw one one uh, one guy. I think Justin Alley. Uh, who and I get his his points and everything, saying that he didn't want Mike Denbrock and saying that you know he had a terrible offense at, at at Notre Dame. Well, first of all, he didn't have a terrible offense. They had a terrible defense his first year that he was there, and and so that's that's the situation that you run into. And and the second year, what happened was uh, Brian Kelly felt like he was going to get some hot up and coming offensive coordinator, and uh, and then decided they were going to somehow coexist and co-offensive coordinate 
And that's just a recipe for disaster. That was a terrible decision uh, by uh, Brian Kelly and caused all kinds of friction based off of everything I heard uh, in the offensive room. And that's the reason that a lot of that happened and why the offense was terrible is, you know, there, there was two guys who were wanting the same job and it caused a lot of friction. And, uh, and that was just not a good situation for anybody. And uh, that was a terrible decision by Brian Kelly doing that. And, and, and so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see what, you know, what, what all comes of this and, 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 but I just, I, I think your point in that, you know, Marcus Freeman played this well, I think is very valid. I think he did a great job of, of knowing, Hey, you know, things change. And, and the last thing you want to do is paint yourself in a corner with anything because you just never know what's going to happen. So, and, and this is why I keep trying to tell Irish fans over the years, just don't read too much in what, the, what is said in the press conference. It's said for a reason. That doesn't mean it's truth. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean it's truth. And so there's, there, you can't just take everything that's said in a press conference by coaches as that's a hundred percent truth. Just see what, what happens when it's all said and done and, and see whether chips fall. You know, I, again, I've been doing this a long time, so I, I know a lot of times what is said isn't exactly the way people feel about things. And, and you just got to be smart about that. And, and I think we as a staff try and tell folks, Hey, you know, don't, don't necessarily believe this. Don't buy into this. He has to say this because of X, Y, and Z. And that's the way it is now. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I guess, Greg, at this point, you, you have to make Gino the the OC for the bowl game. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. I, I think he's got to be the guy. I'm sure it'll be a collective effort amongst the guys, but I, I got to figure Gino will be the guy calling plays and we'll see. I mean, Greg, I, I've never been an offensive coordinator. I mean, how would that, I, you know, I mean, look, you know, you're you're done in Wednesday. You know what I mean? Like you're done practicing here in Wednesday. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're get thrown into the fire here. If you're Gino, I mean, is, do you think this impacts the game at all? And, and uh, what they do, what, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, it's a very good advantage for Notre Dame that Gino is the, is a quarterback's coach and not the OC, right? So the OC is not the quarterback's coach this time. Like if Tommy Reese, like if this was Tommy Reese last year and he was leaving right before the bullying, that'd be a big problem. Yeah. Because he's not the he he would be the quarterbacks coach as well, right? Yeah. Gino is the quarterbacks coach. He's still around, so he knows Steve Angeli, right? He knows Steve Angeli better than anyone on this on this coaching staff. Great point, in, including Jared Parker, right? So that in that sense, it's seamless. He knows he knows his quarterback. He knows what he can do. Um, the other part is I'm sure he's been a part of game plans, right? He's definitely been a part of, of game plans in that way. I think Dylan McCullough is the running game coordinator. He's still on staff, so he's already coordinating that side of the ball. And Gino has experience calling plays. So I think from a from a, he knows obviously and obviously knows the playbook. So from a, like a from a um, the way you know the the operation standpoint, I think it'll be fine. It'll be interesting because Gino is he's always on the field, right? He's been on the field this year. Where does he want to coach from? Where yeah. does he want to call plays from? Does he want to go up in the booth? Does he want to come? I mean, this is kind of like inside baseball stuff, but yeah, it's, it kind of matters for the, for the operation of the game itself. Right. Cause I imagine Steve Angeli, he wants to be down there talking to him and being able to, cause this is first start ever. Right. And so he's used to talking to, to, to the quarterback on the field. Like, does he want to stay down in the field? Like that's going to be interesting. Like maybe McCullough goes up in the booth, right? Yeah. And and they kind of help. He helps out that way. Um, so that'll be interesting. But I think the fact that the, that the McCullough is already the running game coordinator and that Gino is the is, is the quarterback coach, I think it's going to help a lot. I think yeah. it'll help a lot in this game and it'll help uh, Steve Angeli um, specifically. It's a good point about the quarterback too. I mean, you don't even, I didn't even think about that. That was a very good point because you got two guys who have never really played in, 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 uh, you know, Angeli and Minchie and, yeah. and now you got to design a game around them. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that's a good, a good point. We'll see what happens. Um, now, uh, does it change if let's just say, let's just say that, uh, Denbrock becomes a guy, let's just say that. 
Does it change how you recruit? I mean, uh, do you think that they run a pretty similar offense to what Marcus wants to run down at LSU? I think how you recruit. I think that they run they they run an offense that I think, first of all, like greatly benefits CJ CJ Carr and Deuce Knight. If it happens to be like Denbrock or whoever, right? I think if it was Denbrock, and I think if it was like let's just say. Um, the uh, more from Missouri. I yeah. think they should be over the moon with that. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause I, I think it absolutely fits them. I, it fits what they were doing already and it fits what uh, their skill set is like uh, CJ Carr is working out of the shotgun all the time. Like he's always doing like zone read things like on out of the shotgun and use uh, they're out of spread. Like he's yep. like never under center the same yep. with deuce. Right. So I think from the way that they recruit, um, I think would be fine. It's interesting because it, I, I don't know how much power would be involved in front of the two tight ends. So like maybe the tight ends are a little bit like would be a little bit like side-eyed about it because like Denbrock, they, they have a very good tight end at LSU. He was very young and he's good, but like they're, they're in 11 almost all the time. Right. Notre Dame was a very heavy 11 team when Denbrock was the offensive coordinator. Right. So you had, you had uh, it was always like Cole Komet, and then it was Alize Mack, and then it was uh, Tyler Eifert, and then it was you know like on yeah. and on and on. Like it was always the one guy, and it was never like the two guys, right? And so that's a little bit different, right? Like, would there be as much twelve? Um, again, like we're super speculating on this yeah. because, sure, like this move literally just happened, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I think that, and I think that you know, I, I, while we suspected this was possible. I don't. I, I definitely had not heard about this until today. Yeah. So uh, I think you would maybe. I heard feel a bad, but I, now people know that I don't just tell. I don't even tell you half the stuff until no, I know. No. I don't. I mean, I think a lot of people think that I know all this stuff, and I'm telling all these people, but I, I just can't, folks, because it just leaks, and and I don't want to cause any problems. It just that's just the way it is. I don't want to cause any problems, and and uh, so you know, it just. You just got to be smart about doing this. And there have been times where I haven't necessarily been smart and I've learned my lesson too. So it just is what it is now. Um, but I, I do think you bring up some great points about 11 versus 12, uh, you know, and I think, you know, with LSU, they have the opportunity to get some wide receivers that maybe Notre Dame right, doesn't currently sure. have on the, on the roster. And that may change some things about what Denbrock would do initially, but uh, you know, We'll see. Now, folks, if you're out there, I know there's a bunch of you here. If you have questions you'd like to ask us, feel free to ask us questions. I'm sure Greg and I will be more than happy to, to answer it. I see the first question is Greg a leaker. No, not at all. Greg is not a leaker. But again, I just uh, I got to be no, careful. I, th I think that I, I got to be real careful when, when things are out, like when things are out there. Right. It's like you, when you tell some it's just almost like it's almost like the universe. Oh, yeah. Like once you put something out there, it's like the universe knows. And then it just becomes like we don't we don't look like, look, uh, here's another example of this. Right. Like Matt. Matt. Well, what what happened? What, what Matt over the weekend? Something broke very recently. Yeah. And I don't I remember. Like, and it just oh, all of a sudden. No, boom, you know, yeah. you know, you know didn't what even it was? tell us. He yeah. puts in. No, he puts in intel that Jagusa's working at left tackle. Yeah. And it's like, listen. You might as tell us that, yeah. I have, I have. We do daily. We do Tuesday, Thursday podcasts. People talk about the team. You can't tell me that Jagus is working at left tackle like this. Like, like Evan says, do you work at the NSA? Like, it, these aren't state secrets. But Matt doesn't tell me this, and he puts it in his in his Intel article, which is fine. Yeah, right. It's for the subscribers. That's totally fine. But I'm just saying, like that is so. Like, if Matt's not telling me. Who, who that someone's working left tackle? We're not going to hear about. We're not. We're not. Gonna, we're not going to hear about the, uh, the, the whether or not Notre Dame's moving on from the offensive coordinator. You know, funny like story. <laughs> funny story about this, Greg. So I called Matt today and I said, "Hey, I got to tell you this. Uh, you know, story is breaking. You know, it's going to break today. Uh, you know, I want. I'm telling you now, so you can have a story ready. Okay, blah blah blah. And I said, "Yeah, I'd heard." Parker, you know, maybe moving on and may have got a head coaching job. And he said, at Troy. 
And I'm like, well, you, well, you already knew this. You didn't tell me. I mean, you know, I didn't. He didn't even tell me. So, yeah, so yeah we that, need to we need to do something about this Matt guy and get him <laughs> get him in line here. It's terrible. It's <laughs> I know, I know. But that's just Matt. That's just the well, way he's well, you always gotta been. Wait for, you got to wait for the background check. He doesn't even trust. Uh, he doesn't even trust the boss. It's terrible. <laughs> it's awful. CFB hurts. Thank you for the super chat. If we really want to supercharge the offense, then the answer is BVG. He revived countless <laughs> offenses. Well, yeah. at Notre Dame, that's good stuff. Uh, that is supercharge the offense. And you know what, Mike? If you want to super, if you if you have a website that you want to supercharge, or you have a video or something in your life, uh, an announcement, uh, some engagement, or a highlight video, and you want to supercharge that, the one thing you can do is go over to vsrmediacompany.com, which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor Vahid Sadwazade. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. All right. Uh, Someone asked about the uh, – here we go. Uh, Michael asked a question about the strength coach. The 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 rumor, we don't know for sure. Uh, Lauren uh, – what was the name? I can't even remember. I, I can't even now. remember it off the top it. of my head. We'll have to look it up. I, I can't remember either. My head was, is a flutter. That was my the head. other one that Matt just kind of dropped a bomb on us and we didn't yeah. know about doing that later. We're gonna have to ask him about it, but that's just Matt. That's just the way he is. He usually doesn't say anything unless he has a pretty good understanding and knowing. Lauren Landau, same way. Yeah, yeah. Lauren Landau. It's probably in the chat by this point. But yeah, Lauren so, Landau, the 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 leading front runner for the uh, the the strength and conditioning. Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't I don't know how to feel about it. You know, you coach at the Broncos and you feel pretty good about it. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who have said some things about soft tissue issues and things like that. I just, I, look, I, I think so much of that is, is, uh, you know, situational and, and luck more than anything. Uh, but you know, I just, the, I guess the surprise to me is I thought I would see more kind of college experience on the resume. That was the thing that kind of, uh, you know, if it, if it, or, or maybe more pro, you know, uh, experience. Now we know he's trained a lot of pro athletes, but yeah. individual training versus a whole team training is something, uh, you know, quite different. So that to me was the surprise for me when I looked at the resume. What do you, what'd you think, Greg? Uh, the fact that he's out of football right now, uh, was odd to me, yeah. right? Like yeah. I, he's not in football. Um, so that's not good though. I mean, I, I don't want to say not good. It's that was something that I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the fact that he was fired from his last job is it, uh, like not the best fact ever. Uh, yeah. but look, Jamie, Jamie, uh, has his cousin who, uh, Jamie has his cousin who, um, you know, is in the strength and conditioning world. And I believe he, he knows, I don't know if he knows Landau like personally, or if he knows of him, um, from the profession, Jamie's going to have some intel on that the next time I talk to him and we all talk to him. So um, that'll be that'll be interesting to track and uh, to to get his intel on that because Jamie's going to have a lot of good stuff. And I think the thing is, about it is, you know, we look at the resume and we look at things. That, you know, he's not in football and he's, you know, he's he was fired from his last job or whatever the case may be. It's not like the Denver Broncos were running the classiest organization ever in terms of just like competence in the last uh, few years, right? Like they have not been a very good operation there. So like, is he caught up in just the dysfunction of their organization? Maybe he was, right? So that's something that you're going to want to look into. And the other part Jamie talks about a lot is like, we don't really know what makes someone like a good strength and conditioning coach and one that that like does right so like mickey mariotti is a very famous example it was like he was basically run out of notre dame was was you know not a no one liked him they thought he was the the the, the possible like a lot of problems well he goes to ohio state and he's a fantastic 
you know, strength and conditioning coach there. And it, it's given like a ton of credit for like building up their program and kind of where it is today. So, you know, it's just that you got to You got to take a wait and see with this stuff. And if it happens to be him, then that's what we'll do. Right. It, it, I'm sure he's uh, I'm sure he's, you know, going to have some really good like quotes when he comes out. Right. The guys are going to be talking about how things are different on and on and on. The proof will be in the pudding on that. Yeah. Well, we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll just have to see. I, I don't really know much about him to, to really, you know, formulate an opinion on it. Um, the one thing I will say, Greg, is in this situation, Marcus Freeman has had far more time to research this than you normally would, you know, because normally if it's a, uh, you know, a situation where you're changing, you're changing at the end of the year, right before, you know, and, and, and it's bowl season, all that type of stuff. And you're interviewing guys, he has had a, you know, a whole five, six months where he's been able to kind of research this and you got to figure with that much time, I'm sure he's had people on the project, maybe not him specifically, but people on the project trying to find who makes the most sense and why. And uh, if, if, you know, I feel better about knowing it wouldn't be a rushed job. It would be something that would be very, very researched. Well, um, I know for a fact uh, a very uh, high quality uh, name was interested in the job uh, and actually reached out about the job. And to be honest, I was I was kind of surprised that the person was not hired if 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 that's what happens because of you know the name and kind of the success the guy has had. Now, if if this guy wasn't hired and they hired somebody else, it's because they did a tremendous amount of research and and felt like this this was the best situation for Notre Dame uh, because based off of you know and and you know all I know is the guy had reached out. I don't know whether you know they could agree on numbers and maybe that's why it didn't work out or what. Uh, yeah. But I don't think numbers would be an issue at, at a strength coach right now. I think it would be you know just finding the right guy. And so to me, I think that that's the, the biggest thing is they would know they would have had done a tremendous amount of research to know what the best options were at this point. And, and, you know, plenty of time to kind of negotiate with the person too. Yeah. Uh, question going back to the OC thing. When, what do you think the timeline is here? Like, it's hard because of the bowl game, like that's coming up. Right. So they need to, Marcus Freeman has a lot on his plate right now in terms of just preparing the team. So there, there's that going on. Um, but what do you think? Like, will it, will it be relatively quickly? Right. Like I, I think that, you know, cause Greg Wasserman says like, how long has this been in the works? I get the feeling it has been more than a few days. Right. Like I, I think there was, I think it's fair to say Marcus Freeman has probably been thinking about this at least for a good amount of time. Well, I'm sure that, uh, you know, and, and again, I'd, I'd heard that there were, you know, uh, other options for uh, Jared Parker that were, you know, kind of presented that, that may potentially materialize even before yeah. this. And if that's the case, then I'm sure Marcus Freeman's like, I, I got to come up with some answers because right. what happens if this guy takes this job? And and let's be honest, the, there's no surprises when it comes to these coaching searches amongst the coaches. Right. All the coaches know what's going on, you know, because the agents talk. And and so all the coaches know that somebody's up for a job. They, they just know this. Yeah. And uh, more so than the media does. And um, so they're aware of what's going on. So I'm sure Marcus Freeman had been doing some research on this to begin with. Now, as far as timeline goes, I, I think it depends on who it is. If it's a guy like Mike Denbrock, you probably don't need to do a whole lot of research about who he is and what he, what he can do. You're not going to get on the phone and talk to Brian Kelly about what he thinks about Mike Denbrock or, or, you know, other coaches, you've already worked with a guy, you know, what the situation is. Notre Dame knows what the situation is with him. You know? So I think that that hire could happen quickly. If it, if it, if that's not the guy they're pursuing and they're looking at other people, it may take a while. You know, if you're Denbrock and say you agree to something at this point, you know, do you want to coach the LSU game? Do you, you know, does Notre Dame, you know, want you not to coach the game? Uh, do they want to be able to announce you as an offensive coordinator early? You know, I don't know. All these things are stuff that needs to be discussed and negotiated. And uh, I mean, you know, look, if you're, 
if you're Brian Kelly, the last thing you want to come out right now is that Mike Dembrock's taking the job, you know, two days before signing day. So that would not be a good situation for him. So there's a lot of things that would need to be negotiated before any of this would, would happen. But again, I think if it's somebody like Denbrock, it'd probably be fairly quickly. If it's somebody else, it may take a while and it may take a while for Denbrock too, because he may want to just not say anything until after the bowl game too. Maybe. I mean, as far as BK goes, you know, you know what? We're else not concerned about situation? Brian Kelly. You know what else wasn't yeah. a good situation? Mike, yeah, no when, doubt. When he when he left the team and tried to take the whole staff and the whole program with him in like three days, that and was also. And don't you think that you know Notre Dame did not forget that? I guarantee no, you Jack Swarbrick no. didn't forget that. <laughs> no. So so I, I, I no I don't I don't I I'm Jack Swarbrick. I find an extra two hundred thousand to figure out how to get him over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's another part too. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I think the optics of that as well. Like you talk yeah. about just like, and this goes for any coach, anyone who it might be like they, that Notre Dame. And I think honestly, to be honest with you, I think Notre Dame wants to like send a message here. Just like, Hey, we, we got, we have money too, you know, kind of like they're doing one in the in NIL the space. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think they're doing that in, in like a little I, subtle I will say way. this, Greg. I've never, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy. I, I've no, never, I've never been more encouraged by what I see from Notre Dame's brass and board of trustees, what they're doing, um, you know, and, and kind of getting behind this. I've never been more encouraged in the 20 some years I've been doing it, almost 25 years. I've never been more encouraged by the support that I feel like the Notre Dame program is getting than they are right now. That's very exciting. So anyway, I, I'll go ahead, Greg. I just wanted to put put that in. No, there. you're go good. Ahead. You're good. I mean, yeah. that's kind of you're kind of capping the point that I was making, right? Like, I think Notre Dame wants to throw their weight around a little bit, you know, and and I think this is an opportunity for them to do that. Um, another someone else brought up Ryan Grubb. I just don't. I just don't see it. I don't. He's he has a good situation at Washington. Washington's now going to the Big Ten, right? So their situation has improved there. Um, so I, I just, I don't see that happening. He didn't go to Alabama. Right. And honestly, he's not like a fit. The, what he wants to do is just, it's not what Notre Dame wants to do. It, I don't want to say Notre Dame. It, Marcus Freeman does not want to play that way. He just does not. Right. So I, I think, uh, I, I think that's the, I think that's the deal. Um, Michael asked with the early signing period, a few days away, how will this impact the offensive side of the ball? Uh, so from a recruiting There's going to be a lot of phone calls. <laughs> a lot of phone calls from a recruiting yeah. standpoint. Like, do you think this matters to like Cam Williams or Micah Gilbert or uh, Logan Saldate or uh, CJ Carr? I don't think so because their position coaches are there. You know, uh, the only yeah. one at May would be Jack Larson. But, uh, you know, when, when you look at the situation, you're like, um, look, Notre Dame's had great tight ends coaches over the years. I'm sure they're going to get another great one this year. Uh, you know, if he hears the name, like Mike Denbrock is a possibility, you know, I'd, I'd be very encouraged if I were Jack Larson, if that were the case or any yeah. tight end that would be looking at it. Um, you know, and, and let's be honest, I think Jared Parker is a really good tight ends coach. There's no doubt about it. He's a very good tight ends coach. I don't think there's been a better one at Notre Dame in a long time than, than my, than uh, Mike Denbrock, you know, he's just, and, and, and look, Parker's done a great job with the tight ends. I, I, I put him number two at this point, uh, you know, based off of all the other guys they've had in a while, but um, there's no question. Mike Denbrock has the longevity and the numbers of guys that he's put in the NFL, Rudolph, all these different guys that he's had over the years. And, and uh, uh, I was trying to think of who was, who was a guy that was from Minnesota that was a really good player. Didn't quite pan out in the NFL. Um, Oh, he was a really good player. Offensive uh, player? Yeah, he was a tight end uh, from Minnesota. Um, oh. gosh, name slips my mind, but he was uh, yeah. before Eifert, uh, the guy right before Eifert. Okay. I can't remember his name, but, uh, you know, and, of course, Tyler Eifert, he developed. Oh, Kyle so, Rudolph. No, no, it was after Ru- or before Rudolph and before. Uh, Carlson. Yeah, John Carlson. That's it. That's it. Okay. That's exactly it. Yep. All right. Uh Anybody, uh, any other questions you guys have? You know, Greg, uh, I'll well, be happy to answer. Rajon asked, asked who gets a chance at it on the staff. Um, I'd say I, 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 it, it only be G. Here, here's the other part, though, the, the, as far as the staff, right? I think that, that 
you know, if it's because here's the thing, DMC, D Dylan McCullough, like I think it was a kind of a long shot for him to be on the staff anyway. But if if the offensive coordinator position comes open and he doesn't get it, I don't I, like, I don't know how he would feel about it personally, but like it would make it probably more likely that he would move on just because you're bringing it. I don't think Mark, like Mike Denbrock is like, has to have like a certain running back coach. It's just like, this is the job that he wants. Like he wants to be an OC. Right. And so I think that it would just kind of further like, yeah, like I need to go somewhere to be an OC so I can get to be an OC at Notre Dame. I think that's probably what he would want. Right. And so that like, there's, there's something to consider there. But. I think the OCs, uh, you know, their big thing is is O line coach. They got to be on the same page with the O line coach and and make sure that they're blocking things the way they want and they see yeah. the same things. I think if there's anything, it'd be O line coach. But you know, I don't think that that means that he'd want to bring an O line coach in. Joe Rudolph certainly has a lot of uh, pedigree and and success. I think if anything, it would be a let's see how it works with Joe Rudolph type of situation before. And uh, you know, so and again, I think that that. That's why it probably makes as much sense as anything, too, is that, you know, Denbrock's not going to want to come in and, and make a whole lot of wholesale changes as an offensive coordinator where a lot of other guys would, um, you know, hey, I want to bring my O-line coach, plus I want to bring the wide receivers coach. Well, sorry, we can't do that because we, you know, we just hired a, a you know, wide receivers coach. So, um, but, yeah, I think that – wouldn't you agree? I think that that's kind of the, the thing that most OCs care about is, you know, we got to be on the same page up front. Yeah, like he definitely has to have like a good relationship with the offensive line coach. I mean, yeah. and frankly, like that was a big problem with uh, Chip Long and uh, and Jeff Quinn. Yeah, those two didn't see eye to eye. Like it was, it was a a big issue. Yeah. yeah, so that like it was it was a like big concern, and that's why there was a lot of dysfunction there. Um, so Mason Plummer's uh, bringing up Kirby Moore. We talked about him earlier. Um, yeah. I had independently heard just like before we started uh like right a little bit after mike told me he's like hey we should we need to get ready to do a show um someone you know had kind of brought up his name to me um as someone who notre dame might be looking at right and so i i we we talked about him earlier i think he would be a good hire i think he yeah. he would be um he they ran he did a really good job at missouri um and they've run really good offenses there um and it would Did he be call like, the plays though. That's the thing that people just don't seem to know. It, it, yeah, that's there's a lot of that right in college football now. Like like Brian Hartline. Did he call the plays? Yeah. Right. Is he the offensive coordinator? Like if so, to me, it's like it, if Notre Dame. But the the thing with Brian Hartline too is like you just hired Mike Brown. Like what is Brian Hartline gonna do beyond call plays? Yeah. You know, like. It almost you can't, can't do it. Yeah. yeah like, Somebody you, would have to be fired and, and, you know, you're not going to fire Mike Brown when you just hired him. So, no. uh, yeah. So I, I, that's why I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and, uh, oh, you were just, uh, I can't remember. You were just talking about something. Anyway, go ahead, Greg. You're well, just, no, I'm just, but this is why, like, I, the fact that like you had heard the name Denbrock, it, it just like, to me, you just go all in there, in my opinion. If you, you can, yeah. You go all in. It, the money and the good, honestly, the thing for Denbrock too and his agent was probably in on this. Like, hey, sign an extension because that sets your price. Yeah. That sets your what it's going to be. If you want it to be him, then you have to pay more than this. And I understand that LSU can match. But, like, at that point, it's like you are telling Denbrock, like, hey, like you're making, let's say you make, I don't know, 2 million. It's like, all right, Notre Dame, Notre Dame says, all right, we'll pay you two and a half. Right. Maybe LSU comes back with three, but I think that Notre Dame just going with two and a half is enough for Denbrock to say, you know what? I'm taking it. Like Notre yeah. Dame stepped up and they did what they had to do. They're not going to go in perpetuity. I want to get back to Notre Dame. Cause here's the other part. Let's say Marcus Freeman succeeds. And then he moves on to Ohio state and Denbrock does a good job as OC. Guess who's sitting there? with a job opening at Notre Dame for the head coach. Yeah. Mike Dambrock is, you know, and like that, he's got institutional knowledge. Again, he's been at Notre Dame a bunch. He's succeeded every time he's been at Notre Dame. I think that would be a great, a great fit for, for him. So to me, you go get him. If he's yeah. interested, you go. 
go get him. Yeah, you yeah, you just gotta yeah, do whatever you can. If, if if you can get him and if he you know, has the contract that, that makes it worth, you know, going to get him. And again, money, I think is part of it, but at the same time, I don't think that money is everything to these guys in the end. You know, if you're making two, five versus two or, or two, you know, seven. three versus, you know, whatever yeah. it, you know, it doesn't really matter that much. And uh, it's more about happiness. And do you like where you're working and, and do you believe in what you have and, and, um, and that type of thing. So, uh, you know, yeah. look, if I'm Mike Denbrock, I look at the situation and I say, you know, I'm a little long in the tooth at this point. I just I, I want to find a happy home where I can be somewhere for the next five, six years and, and just coach football, you know, make my money and then go retire. What I don't want to do is have to leave and, and go three other places and drag my wife and, and son yet again to three different places. So, uh, you know, when, when you get to be my age and Mike's what, you know, I think he's 60 now, you know, when you're, when you get to be that age, you know, you start worrying about, you know, what, what am I going to, I, what, what do I want the rest of my working life to look like? And uh, he's in a position to where he gets to kind of control that, which is a very good position to be in somebody his age. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. And and again, there's going to be other guys, there's going to be other names pop up. You know, Marcus Freeman would be an idiot just to say, you know, this is our guy and we're not going to look at anybody else. I hope they're firing up the phones and, you know, trying to see who else is out there and and all that type of thing. But I think when you look at what makes the most sense, this makes the most sense. That does not mean it's going to happen, but I think it makes the most sense at this point. Yeah, and that's uh, that's where it kind of is. Like right right at the the initial take on the first – hour of finding out this is happening like i think that's where it is frank fatovich asking the important questions would denbrock <laughs> have played kyle at wide receiver if he was in our name at the time i have to believe he would have you know you do everything you can you do everything you can to win the games you have talented players you put them out there you put them out there and you have them make plays and that's what you yep. do and that's what they should have done so yeah. uh but maybe another name hopefully we'll finally turn the corner there um Hey, Greg, by the way, you know, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick. Uh, Signing day is Wednesday. I'm I'm doing my kind of read, you know, I'm looking through the senior film and kind of writing this stuff down about what I think. Have you had a chance to check out some senior film on any of these guys? Anybody stand out to you? Senior film, uh, Saldate, to me, is has been a revelation uh, just in terms of, like, my initial thought. Again, it's I pretty famously, like, looked at his sophomore tape and thought it was his junior tape. And I was like, I don't get it. And I don't see it. Yeah. And then I saw his junior tape and I was like, Oh, okay. Now I re- understand. And now that I've seen his senior tape, I really understand. Yeah. Just that, that he's got that explosiveness and he's got that long speed and he's, and he's a, uh, he's a, he's a big time player. Um, and, and so he's, that's important. I think Micah Gilbert, I've always liked him. Uh, and I focus on the skill guys. Cause that's the position I played. I let Jamie do the, the interior boys, but, um, I think Mikey Gilbert, I, I love his body. I love his explosiveness, like run after catch as a, like, usually don't see a ton of run after catch for a boundary, right? That's not yeah. usually how it happens. Um, and then Cam Williams, just explosive, explosive, explosive. He's unbelievable. Um, I think he's the most talented receiver they've signed since I've been doing this. I really right, do. Right. He's most he's, upside. He's got all of it. I mean, he oh, really totally. does. The only thing he wishes maybe like a, a inch or two taller, but uh, yeah. beyond that, like I think you're good. Um, Kedron Young is is Love is him. really took a big jump. He looks good. Aeneas Williams, I think that he really just like the the versatility in his game really shined this year. Um, the corners, you know, the, the, they have the measurables. Like Leonard Moore has has like like Jamie put it out in his 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 rewatch notes today. That's on irisportsdaily.com. Everyone should check that out. He's got those long arms. That's one thing that Ben Morrison has, like that is really kind of under the radar. It says his his arms are just super long. Yeah. Um, and so he he's got good length there. Um, and so, and then the the other safety. So, but those are the guys that kind of stood out to me is like they've got some real talent at yeah. at the at those skill positions. Um, and then you have the offensive line and those guys, and Jamie can go into those, but that that's that's kind of where I'm at with them. Yeah, I um it's interesting because I look at the class and I think this is one of the more underrated when it comes to the national rankings that yeah. Notre Dame has signed in a while. 
Um, I'm going to guess it's probably going to end up in the 10, 12 range when it's all yeah. said and done, which is fine. But I think when you look at some of the players, there's a lot of underrated players in there that I think are pretty good. Um, you know, I just watched Teddy Rezac's film and I was surprised. I, you know, I knew he was a pretty good player, but, uh, you know, gosh, you know, when you look at his film, he, that guy can flat run, you know, and he's a legit six, five. I know he runs a legit four, six legit timed. Uh, you know, I, I know that for a fact. And so when you're six, five, 200 pounds and you run a four, six and, and you can cover like he can, you know, he's played safety the whole time, you know, we'll see, but athletically off the charts, you got to look at that and say, okay, I get it. And then, um, there's just a lot of guys. We're going to be talking about a, uh, you know, signing day, talking about a lot of the different stuff. But uh, you know, I, I thought Carson Hobbs made a huge jump in in his. Yeah. Uh, I really liked what I saw in Carson Hobbs. Very very impressive, and uh, I think he's going to be a really good player when it's all said and done. Love the lineman. Uh, you know, Bryce Young. I think is a highly 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 underrated player. I think he's a top fifty player. I really do. Uh, I, I like him a lot better than I liked Keon Keeley. I think that he's going to be a better player than Keon Keeley when it's all said and done. So, all right, guys, uh, I, I know Greg's got stuff to do, and I got to get back to getting my signing day stuff put together here. Uh, if there's more breaking news, I'm sure Greg and I will try and get back on uh, if if we have the opportunity. But uh, as of now, we just kind of wanted to get our initial thoughts on this, and, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yep. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll be back uh, sometime this week. Jamie's traveling, so I need to coordinate with him. You got power hour with him tomorrow, so you're going to get yep. reaction there as well. So yep. Jamie and I, we might have a different schedule this week because we just recorded, so maybe we'll come back on Wednesday. I'll talk to Jamie about what's going to go happen there. Um, but that, So stay locked in. Hit subscribe. Hit the like. Hit the notification bell so you know whatever it is. We are going live. Stay locked into irissportsdaily.com. Uh, there's going to be a ton of information right on candidates and uh, things of that nature. Uh, Notre Dame just, by the way, they just officially announced, uh, Jared Parker is off to Troy university. Uh, it's going to be, uh, Gino Gadouli is going to be the offensive coordinator and Caleb Carbine, a senior analyst on the offensive staff will serve as the tight ends coach. So just kind of a, put a bow on that. So uh, thank you again, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Keep hitting and hustling.